Welcome to the Thunder Underground Podcast. This is episode 94. My name's Trent, and as always, I'm joined by Jason. How are you? I'm great. Great. I'm doing great. That's great to hear. Episode 94, we've got two members of Guns for Roses on here. Yes. And there's a four there in the middle. Yeah. Because this isn't Guns and Roses. This is Guns for Roses. Not Guns and Roses. Guns for Roses. But it's the next best thing. That's right. Because there's tribute bands all over the land, but this, you could probably put the label Premier in quotes in front of this. Yeah. You know how people like to do with things that are really good. (laughs) You know, we've got Chris Bender and Eamon Gallagher, the, the guys that play Slash and Duff in this band. So we'll get to talking to them here in a bit, and we're going to talk all about what we what we saw from their show and everything here yeah. in a bit as well. Yep. But here we are, episode 94. You know, 94 in Guns N' Roses history, interview with the vampire, simply for the devil. That was it then, wasn't well, it? That's basically the last thing before yeah. Chinese democracy. Yeah. Well, no, I take that back. There was the song on End of Days. Oh, that's but right. Yeah. The last thing that most people remember. When was when was Spaghetti Incident? Was that ninety three? Yeah, ninety three. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Yep. And I like Sympathy that. Record. For the Devil had uh, was the last thing that you know had the core band together, mm-hmm. but supposedly you know Slash's parts were replayed by what's his name, uh, uh, Paul Huge guy yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. There's some info for you. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. We're going to talk a little more about Guns N' Roses here in a bit, I yes. think. Yes, yeah. But before we get into that, we were going to talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for a bit. Because, hey, everyone likes to get pissed off. Yeah. So let's just do it. Yeah, that's what we do. <laughs> we went on a, like, 10-minute rant back when the Grammys were out. Yeah. Just because people were bitching about the metal category, and it's like, if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't have even been talking about it. Yeah. And the Rock Hall is something that... I swore off many years ago, but of course, like any music geek, you know, you still pay attention when it comes out so you can bitch and moan. It pulls you back in. Yeah. Godfather style. <laughs> the, the thing is, you know, me and you both have bitched about the Hall of Fame for years and oh, years. Oh, man, yeah. And, you know, I will like to, what's the word, toot our own horn, so to speak, say we were doing this well before we heard Eddie Trunk on his radio <laughs> show doing it. So this isn't something where we're just falling in the footsteps of someone else that's running their mouth. I don't, you know, I swore, you know, I swore off the rock and roll hall of fame so much to hear guns and roses as a subject of this podcast. Yeah. That's my favorite band of all time. Mm-hmm. They were inducted two years ago now and I didn't even watch it. Yeah. That's how much I hate the fucking rock and rock and roll hall of fame. That's right. That's right. You know, and every once in a while, I think I'm going to watch that, but I still stand by my ground and don't do it. Yeah. The only thing since the Metallica thing, like 10 years ago, however long that ago was, yeah. nine years ago, was like the last time I watched. And uh, the only thing I've watched since then was Alex Lifeson's speech. <laughs> was Or was it Neil Peart's? No, it was Alex okay. Lifeson's speech. Yeah. And it was literally the best speech in the history of speeches yeah. ever. I watched it because everybody kept saying that. And yep. sure enough, it was great. I mean, it was the, it was the fucking smartest, greatest, funniest... Uh, most fuck youest thing he could have done. Yeah. You know, and it was, uh, it was absolutely brilliant. And if you don't know what we're talking about, just Google YouTube Alex Lifeson's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame acceptance speech, and you will be amazed and you'll be amused at the same time. (laughs) Right. 
<clears throat> well, I mean, heck, I don't know where to start. We can start with the nominees, or we can just start with saying that. I mean, you know, this I'm, whole thing is. Everyone knows the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is fucked up. The first major point is, yeah, it should be called the Music Hall of Fame, yes, because of what be. they've turned it into over the last, I, I think so, probably I agree. 10, 15 years, yep. by putting in major pop stars and rap stars and all that stuff, which, you know, I think Madonna is exceptional, and I think N.W.A. was an amazing group. Mm-hmm. But, but it's not rock and roll. Yeah, I mean that's the Music Hall of Fame is what it is now. Yep. And, you know, sure, Ice Cube or whoever last year made their argument on how they are rock and roll, yeah. which, you know, was a great argument. But at the end of the day, it's rap music. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got the attitude of rock and roll, sure, but whatever. The point is, Madonna is in the Hall of Fame and Iron Maiden is not. Exactly. Because it's just, I don't know what the bias is there because Iron Maiden is fucking huge. Yeah. But it's like, so everyone knows this whole thing is kind of effed up yeah. and it's always been that way and you think well now you know look now they finally put in kiss they finally put in deep purple they finally put in cheap trick they finally put in rush you yeah. know in the last few years mm-hmm. but kiss should have been in what year would it have been 99 right yeah i think I, so I think would have been when they were eligible yeah so that's just kind of a slap in the face and then like alice cooper it took 10 years Van Halen took like 10 or 12 years, yeah, I know. you know, from the date they're eligible. And both those artists should have been in like before they were eligible. Like yeah. Alice oh. Cooper, just like Black Sabbath and Deep Purple fucking started a genre of music. Yeah. Van Halen revolutionized the guitar, you know, just yeah. go on. Yeah, so it's, anyway, it's ridiculous. It's it's and then Green Day and Metallica get in the first year they're they're eligible. And that's just fucking stupid to me. And I and, you know, me, Metallica is my favorite band. And I was glad to see him in there, but Metallica is the one band though you can make that argument for. I think uh, jumping jumping the other bands that came before. Him. I don't know. I mean, I don't know, man, because <laughs> you know, like Deep Purple, Cheap Trick, Rush, they yeah. should have been in before. Oh, without know. a doubt, they should have already been in there. It shouldn't even been a thing. Yeah. And that's the other thing. That's another thing to point out. That's the last one I watched, and I remember clear to this day that James Hetfield on stage yes. said. You know, hopefully this opens the door now. And he mentioned those bands, Deep Purple, Rush. And I know he mentioned Motorhead and Iron Maiden and I don't remember Deep who track, else. I think, yeah. stuff like that, yeah. And, you know, some of those are in there now, but it still it took another eight or nine yeah. years. Well, and, you know, what you're going to start seeing now is you're going to start seeing these bands that should have. Yeah. Because, you know, when you, you know, when you get in the Hall of Fame, you get a vote. And also people like Eddie Trunk, you know, and more and more people, that they're getting votes. That's true. They're That's they're, they're able to vote now. Yeah. And so you're going to start seeing uh, some of this stuff. You're going to start seeing some justice be served, I think. Yeah. And, I, you know, we can say that. It's it's happening now, and they're making right, I guess. But yeah. at the same time, it's like yeah. I still am holding on to that too little too late, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, it just – and maybe this is just me, like, going way off on a thing, but – like with Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Rolling Stone, they just seem to really just, they want the the stuffy, you know, uh, man, I don't even know the term to call it. But if it's, you know, the, just the more really, really classic, more organic, you know, almost folky kind of acts yeah. is who they really cater to. I mean, it just seems like if it's, anywhere near loud and distorted and 
you know, well, fuck it, fun, I'll say it. I mean, it just, they just shy away from it, you know. Yeah. If, you know, if it's something that some, you know, old fuddy-duddy can call corny, they don't want anything to do with it. Right. You know, and I don't know, like I said, maybe that's a bad way of putting it, but. Well, no, there's whole genres of music that are obviously heavy metal gets completely overlooked. Yeah. 80s rock with oh, the yeah. bands like, yep. that should be in there like Motley Crue and Def Leppard and Bon Jovi. And then, you know, the metal ones we already mentioned, plus Judas Priest. Yeah. And so on. And then, then you've got 70s arena rock. Boston, Foreigner. Yeah, uh, no Sticks. You know, all those no. bands are completely ignored. Cheap Tricks, like the only one that's kind of slipped, you know, yeah. snuck through and they, because they were a little different than those anyway. But it's, it just doesn't make sense. You know, Journey and Yes are on the, the ballot finally. Yeah. Finally. Which is another thing that doesn't make sense. Those are other two bands that should have been on the ballot when they were eligible. Yeah. I mean, how can, how can you not have Boston? Right. I mean, that first record, every fucking song is literally a radio hit. Yeah, you can't name I mean, another album ever. Yeah, exactly. That I, that I can think of. Yeah. That there's every single song is a classic rock staple. Yeah, it's There's rid- not a single it's one that's ridiculous. Not, like the Black Album or Appetite yeah. or Hysteria, those come close, they but they've still close. got a few songs yeah, that don't. Exactly. I mean, and then, you, you know, there's also, uh, you know, I think for his music alone, Ted Nugent should really be considered. Oh, yeah. But he'll never make it in, ever. Right. You know, for his politics. So. And that's a whole other story. That's a whole other podcast right there. <laughs> you know, either way. Yeah. Um, well, just looking at this, I mean, the the new pattern of the Hall of Fame over the last few years is now every year a major band from the late 80s, early 90s. I guess we're getting into the 90s now, obviously. Because, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't know, yeah. the rule is supposedly 25 years from your debut album is yes. when you're eligible. and. So now a band that had, you know, came out in whatever year, first year eligible, you know, is up for induction and gets in, mm-hmm. which in some cases is stupid, but in other cases it makes sense. You know, Guns N' Roses deserves being there, but sure, not before, you know, Deep Purple, not yeah. before Iron oh, Maiden. Yeah. But anyway, you know, they're there, then it happened with Green Day, it happened with Nirvana, and here we are now with Pearl Jam. So they're, yeah. that's this year. So that's like... A lock we know going in. Oh yeah, and then mm-hmm. then the other one is there's always a major rap artist now every year going in, and this year there's only one on the ballot, so you know Tupac's Tupac going Tupac will go in, yeah. And you know I think the guy deserves credit. He's one of the better. I know you're not into rap, but I always like the guy. And, but at the same time, like we already spoke, you know, yep. he's not rock and roll, but Judas Priest is rock and roll. Exactly. And, and, you know, I agree. I, I always, you know, I don't really like rap, but I, I recognize what Tupac did for the genre and maybe there's a hall of fame somewhere for him to go into, but rock and roll, I don't know. Yeah. Well, let's, let's start with Pearl Jam because I know that you have a strong opinion on this and my opinion is, well, it's going to happen because they put that first year band in every year because it's a, because most of these bands are still current in the limelight to you know people that be paying attention maybe our age or whatever yeah and it helps with ratings it helps with people coming there you know yep. and that kind of shit so and i understand that this is going to happen every year and i think they're a shitload more deserving than green day is oh i i agree and, and but like you said it's just the it's the sexy pick yeah it's the young pick and 
Mark my words, just watch. Coming in February or March, oh, look who has a new album, Pearl Jam. <laughs> I mean, that's how it always goes. Right. I mean, really. Hey, Cheap Trick did it last year. Yep. Or this year, and it was great. Yeah. That and, album uh, was great. And so, I, I, I know, I mean, we know that they're going to go in. Let's just, we know it. Right. And, you know, my big thing is the whole drummer issue. Yeah. With, you know, because Dave Abrazzesi, uh says that he should go in, but I, I don't guess he's on the ballot. Right. But, and he didn't play on 10. Yes, that's right. He, that's fine. But he did come in and, during you know, that. during that cycle yeah. and toured heavily and was on their next two albums, which were fucking huge as well. Yeah. So, I mean, how can, how can you not put him in there? Yeah, and Matt Cameron's on there, right? Oh, I, I don't know. I <laughs> right. tried to look the, you know, you just see Pearl Jam. I have, I, I tried to look to see who exactly was, you know. Well, see, there, you know, the other, if you don't know, the rules are supposedly you're eligible if you played on an album, mm-hmm. you know. But of course, you know, there's bands that have had four million members and they're not going to put them on there. They just pick exactly. like the popular lineups or. The current lineup yeah. or the longest standing lineup. And then some guys, some bands will get extra guys put in, you know, Metallica. Of course, all three bassists went in because they all three had a, have had long stints, you mm-hmm. know. And, but, you know, like you said, Dave was a part of that during their biggest period. Yeah. And, you know, Pearl Jam's still huge. They fill up arenas, but yeah. that was their heyday of when yes. that music was huge. So and, that doesn't make any damn sense to me. It doesn't. And so are you going to put, what about the guy that played on 10 he, that was in the band for five minutes? Right. Is he going to go in? Yeah. I mean, I get it maybe because he played on 10, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, this is where it gets crazy. And then, you know, Jack Irons was there for like five minutes, <laughs> you know, and now Matt Cameron. I mean, and the albums that he's been on, I can guarantee you haven't sold as good as, you know, 10 Vitology or Versus. Right. So it's just like, where, where do, you know, and that's just, and uh, I mean, that's, that's where we're at with, with some of this stuff. And that's the, you know, <sighs> yeah. Rob from Metallica went in and he played on their most maligned album. And at that point, right. Were they in, were they in before Death Magnetic came out, right? Uh, it was okay. after Death Magnetic. Oh, was it? I think okay. it was 2009. Okay. never mind. Well, he had yeah. played on two albums at that point and. Well, two albums. Well, he didn't play on Saint. Oh, he didn't no, play on Saint Anger because that's Bob Rock. Anger, that's right. Yeah. So he had played on one album at that point. Yeah. And sure, you know, exactly. I can exactly. I can make an thing. argument that he deserves to be in there, but not more than Dave from Pearl Jam. Yeah. So it's just <laughs> it's just weird how they they just do what the fuck they want to do and they don't care. Right. You know. I mean, really, that's that's really what it boils down to. Because you look at Kiss as a huge example of they put in the four guys and that's it. Yes. Sure, Kiss is iconic for those four faces from the 70s mm-hmm. that they still use to this day. But if you're putting this band in the Hall of Fame, I think Eric Carr should have been in there. And oh, I think Bruce definitely. Kulik should have been in there. Yep. And Vinnie Vincent should have been in there. You know, Say what yeah. you want about Vinnie Vincent and the albums he played on or whatever, but he wrote a shitload of stuff that was great mm-hmm. that people love. Look it up. And then, you know, from Revenge, which is arguably their best album. <laughs> yeah, he wrote, and, he wrote. He didn't even play on that. And he wrote Unholy and something else on there. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you know, and 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 that's the thing is that I mean, they're just they're ignoring whole eras of a band when yeah. they do this. It's just like, 
I mean, it, it's it, it just it baffles me. Yeah, you know, it really does. I don't get it. Well, and Journey is on the ballot, and there's a there's a good uh, yeah. chance what they are you can do on that deal. Because my guess is that they put Journey on there, and I bet they get picked because the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame knows how fucking huge it would be for their ratings or their whatever. If they had, if that was the first place that Steve Perry was back with Journey. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, that just came out. Did you see that story yesterday? Did John, no, I didn't. Jonathan Cain said that Steve Perry has to be on stage with Journey. He what? Jonathan Cain said Steve Perry has to be on stage with Journey. He's got to be there, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a current member of Journey yeah. saying that Steve Perry has to be there. So, I mean, that's my yeah. guess is that's the catalyst for that to happen. Yeah. And then. It'll be massive watched ratings, yeah. and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame will be proud. And we'll get back together. <laughs> Bye, Arnell. See ya. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I, I think, and what was it? Uh, was Greg Raleigh in or out? Was, what, no, he was on the I list. I can't remember. Okay. Should he be, do you think? Yeah, because, I mean, he was there for a while in the 70s, and, I mean, he wasn't a part of, like, major radio hits, but, of course, feeling that way anytime is, like, staple and an oh, amazing yeah. song and yeah, like it is an amazing you know song. half of that's his voice and, yep. you know i mean so yeah i would think so because he was there on the early albums even yeah. though it wasn't the most commercially successful part yeah i mean well just that song alone yeah i love getting hammered and listening to that song on endless repeat <laughs> it's a badass right well <sighs> i i will say that when you look at this full list of what is it like 17 on the nominees mm-hmm. it's probably the best list i've ever seen in the last many years as far as I think everybody's deserving. Yeah. You know, for, you know, taking out the fact that we said, you know, rap or pop shouldn't be there like Janet Jackson or Tupac, you know, they're both, if you're going to put people in like that, they both are definitely deserving. Yeah, they are. And then you get like, you look at Steppenwolf and the cars and MC five, you know, they all did groundbreaking stuff. You know, in their own yes, way. yeah. You know, and what in their genres? You know, Steppenwolf. You know, he created the word heavy metal. Yeah, that's why I think they might actually they might get it. Is in that you know, uh, Born to Be Wild is such an iconic song. Yeah. So I, I could really see that happening. And then the zombies, who I've always been, I still think, the time of the season is like one of the greatest songs ever. Yeah. And if you listen to the lyrics of that. This is another thing I've always said. This is like the precursor to gangster rap. Because <laughs> well, he says, what's your name? Who's your daddy? Is he rich like me? And this was in like 1969. <laughs> you know, so so it's a lock for you. Isn't yeah. It? <laughs> you know, hey, I love the zombies. I mean, if I was picking the five out of this list, I might not pick them. Yeah. You know, but... Regardless, you know, Jane's addiction. I was about to say, what do you think? Do they deserve to go in there? I think at some point. Yeah. Not right now. Okay. I mean, not before. I mean, I don't know. I mean, they had a huge part in, you know, when you look at what you're supposed to look at with all this stuff is a band's influence. They had a huge part in Mm -hmm. influence in 90s alternative. Yeah. And, you know, they didn't even have a huge catalog of music, but they still had a huge impact. Same, basically the same way Guns N' Roses did. You know, just not, I guess, on that huge of a level. Yeah. But, you know, and then there's Kraftwerk, which was never a huge band, but they were precursor to Nine Inch Nails and Ministry and all these bands that got huge. Yeah. And, 
you say that for Depeche Mode in a way too. Yeah, and I mean the same thing. That's a whole other genre of music that's kind of been overlooked. You know, them and The Cure. You know, were both massive and yeah. you know, kind of revolutionized that '80s sound. Yeah. And you know, I was never really a fan, but I mean, you can't deny a lot of Depeche Mode songs. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. What what about what about like Bad Brains? Yeah, it's the same way. They deserve to be there, but there's other bands that probably should go first. Yeah, I can't. I say that now. I can't think because you know. I mean, well, the Misfits aren't in there. Yeah, are they? True. No. Right. <laughs> but you know, the Bad Brains. It was such a you know they they laid so much groundwork. Yeah, so. you got to look at the fact. God, yeah. it's like. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. That I mean, that was a little later than most of the punk stuff, right? And the fact that you had black guys in the band. Yeah. And that was like revolutionizing as far as that kind of music went. And, you know, I mean, I would be completely happy if they got in. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to happen. I think if, I think MC5 would probably get in before them. Yeah. I mean, they kind of, they kind of laid that, they kind of planted those seeds. Yeah. They really did. And, uh, you know, I, I think, I think MC5 should probably go before Bad Brains. Yeah. You know. But I think with what we've got, you know, it's probably Pearl Jam and Tupac, Journey, and then, like you said, probably Steppenwolf or Yes. Yeah. And then the other spot's probably Joan Baez or um, something. Yeah, true. You know, because yeah. you got, like you said, that folky side of things or whatever yes, you call Yeah, it. they've got to do... <laughs> yeah, I, I'm really... I'm really just stopping short of just saying, like, old guy rock. <laughs> right. But I just said it, so right. whatever. Well, the other thing to point out is Sheik's on the thing for like the 11th year in a row. And I heard someone on that new channel on Sirius Volume, yeah. they were talking about it and they said that everyone knows the reason they're on the ballot is because of Niles Rogers. Yeah. So why not just do, I can't remember who they said, they, they put someone in the Hall of Fame a while back, you know, just without a vote or whatever, just someone yeah. like a lifetime achievement. Yeah. So why not just take them off the ballot and just put him in a hall put of him fame on there? Yeah. Because and they could do the same thing with Lemmy even because, you know, motorhead's not going to get in. Yeah. You know, if they do, it'd be years from now after I would assume it'd be after maiden. Yeah. And that kind of thing. But motorhead is motorhead because of Lemmy. And that's kind of an iconic figure. Yeah. I see what you mean. So that's kind of a cool idea is, you know, you could put in guys like Niles Rogers, Lemmy, and whoever else that kind of transcended the band they were in. Yeah. Well, yeah, because he played and wrote and did all kinds of shit with all kinds of people. Yeah. And they do kind of have a, I think they do kind of have like a, a like a sideman thing, you know, like a behind the scenes category type kind of deal. Oh, okay. But then Lemmy wasn't that, you know. Right. So, but I see what you, I see what you're saying though. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, I mean. I don't know. I didn't watch Guns N' Roses, but if Steve Perry's on stage with Journey, I might crack. There you go. I might crack and watch yep. it. I don't know. Oh, well, oh yeah. I was gonna, does Yes get in? What do you think about Yes? Yeah, I think I think for that fourth or fifth, you know, I think what I, what I say, a Pearl Jam, Tupac, um, <clears throat> Journey, Journey, Joan Baez, and then I think that fifth spot's probably Yes or um, Steppenwolf. Yeah. Or, you know. It could they could just throw a curve and do something like Depeche Mode or someone to get a different style of music in there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Or Janet Jackson. Oh yeah, that, <laughs> I could see that. I could see them doing that big time. Yeah, you know the whole MTV thing, all that. Yeah, yeah. Well, because it's five, right? Yeah. Okay. Five. That's right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I think 
you know, I don't think there's anybody on this list, maybe, you know, that would do anything crazy like Alex Lifeson or Axl Rose. You or, know, I mean, my favorite moments of the Hall of Fame was Axl Rose, like, just not showing up yeah. and saying fuck off. Yeah. Or when the Sex Pistols sent the letter basically saying fuck off. That was great. You know, those are the moments that I love because they're telling, you know, because I see all these idiots online saying things like when Axl Rose didn't show up, like, he should be there and just accept, you know, you know, the honor. I'm like, no, fuck the honor because it's not an honor because maybe in Guns N' Roses since it was because they were first ballot, but this place is a sham. Yeah, it is. It really is. You know, Alice Cooper not going in for 10 years is just all that you need to know. Yeah. It is Here's <laughs> a Deep question. Deep Purple not going in for 25 years or whatever it's been. Is, uh, is ACDC in there? Yeah. They are? Okay. Yeah, that must have happened. Yeah, yeah, it happened way before uh, okay, gotcha. Metallica, like a few years I before see, that. I see. Like okay. ACDC and Van Halen, I think, were kind of back-to-back, maybe. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Or, you know, it could be, uh, it, what would really be fun to see is something like Blondie a few years ago, where they all just went up there and started arguing, <laughs> like a bunch of fucking babies. That was great. Yeah. You know, any of these bands hate each other, <laughs> you know? Well, the other, no, one thing on the opposite end of that I saw, I think I read this, or maybe I heard it on that channel too, but apparently Chris Squire, before he died, mm-hmm. was talking to some, I don't remember if it was a journalist or someone else in Yes, and basically said that if they ever got, they were talking about the Hall of Fame, Yeah, and said if they ever got inducted, he would like all 18 members that have ever been in Yes to be on stage really playing at the same time and then wow. I'll go in and then I don't know enough about yes. You know I mean? I know yeah. their music, but I don't know their, their members, but whoever it was that's current now said that they absolutely agree with that and they want everybody there, which would be really? 17 members now, I guess. Cause it's Chris Squire passed yeah, away, passed away. Yeah. So that's kind of cool to hear. Yeah. But I'm sure the hall of fame won't let everybody, everyone right. in there, but they'll let them all up there. I think. Yeah. I think. They might make him pay to get in. I remember, yeah. wasn't that the thing that like Ace yeah. Frehley was talking about or something? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> or no, um, Steve Miller. That Steve was another Miller. good one last oh, year. Oh, yeah. Steve Miller, like, That's completely. another one you guys should Google. Yeah. YouTube that. The press conference afterwards, he fucking rips the Rock Hall a new one. And then somebody on the side of the stage says, hey, we need to wrap this up. And he goes, no, I'll wrap you up. <laughs> it was amazing yeah you need you need to search this and watch it people yeah so yeah youtube alex lifeson steve miller and sex pistols <laughs> yeah <laughs> so is eddie vetter gonna induct himself <laughs> since he inducts everybody <laughs> no. uh, he might he might that's a good one <laughs> that's a good one <laughs> well probably rambled about that enough <laughs> but we mentioned guns and roses a few times in there and the subject of this episode is Chris and Eamon from Guns Four Roses mm-hmm. talked to us a bit before they played at the Gas Monkey in Dallas a few yeah. weeks ago. We went down to Dallas for the Slayer Anthrax show at the Gas Monkey, and then we had saw that this was happening the next night and thought, well, we can't miss this. Yeah, let's stick around and check it out. Because yeah. not only Guns for Roses was headlining this thing, but they also had Walk This Way, which obviously Aerosmith tribute, and then there was... Uh, what was the name of the... The NXS Tribute Band? I can't remember. Yeah, well, there was an NXS Tribute Band, yeah. and then there was a Journey Tribute Band, Worlds Apart. Yeah. And all four of them were great. Oh, yeah. That that fucking Journey Tribute Band, that guy, they, I mean, they didn't do the whole let's look like him or nothing. Yeah. 
they just and that guy sounded you could turn around and think it was Steve Perry. Yeah. That guy sounded insanely amazing. I which mean, is just crazy spot to, on Steve Perry. Yeah, which is crazy to think of, you know, just a tribute band at a show in Dallas. You expect, well, this guy's trying to hit some Steve Perry stuff. This is gonna be a little awkward. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and no, like you said, I mean this guy, you know, should be at a higher level than he is off based off his voice. It's, mm-hmm. It was just, it was great. Oh yeah. It, it was like, wow, it was crazy. And he, you know, he looked like he was a produce manager at research or something. <laughs> right. I mean, and he just went up there and just, he just belted it out. Like it was the easiest thing in the world. Yeah. It was really something to watch. Yeah. And they, they had the sound down great. Like the guitars and the keyboards sounded oh, yeah. like journey. They played yeah. Phil in this way. So I know you were happy. Oh yeah. That was great. They played stone in love. So they, they hit all the, not even the hugest hits. Some of the, the mid range hits yeah. that are amazing. That's right. And then the NXS band did a great job. I mean, I think I love NXS, you know, I think of the four, it was probably the, you know, the least, my least favorite, but mm-hmm. that's just because you know, growing up, I was way more into these other three bands. Oh, yeah. But yeah. I love NXS, and they they sounded great and did a great job. Then Aerosmith, Walk This Way, came out, and we didn't know yeah. until they hit the stage that it was the same guys from Guns for Roses. Yeah, they just kind of... Outside of the singer. Yeah, they'll switch instruments, or they'll, um, and you know, put on a different outfit, and, you know, they... You know, for a while they're Aerosmith, and then they go to Guns of Roses. Yeah, yeah, they dress the part for both bands. Yeah, um, actually, the two guitarists um, in Aerosmith, once they did Guns and Roses, you know, they switched. switched one, one was lead, one was rhythm. You know, and then the I, I should have looked up his name. The guy that was doing Joe Perry, you know, was doing Izzy in Guns yeah. and Roses. Yeah, and then Eamon from that was doing Slash and Guns and Roses was doing Brad Woodford, Brad Woodford yeah. and Aerosmith. <laughs> So they just yeah. switched the roles there, but they were both highly qualified to do what they're doing. They're, yeah. you know, you're covering solos from Slash and Joe Perry, and they were both doing an excellent job. Yeah, and yeah, that was great. They, they had sound, the I mean, same. They sounded amazing. Yeah, yeah, both bands. You know, they, you know, Guns and Roses obviously has some a lot of Aerosmith influence in them. Yes. So it's not a huge shift, but you know, they've got different sounds, and they nailed them both. Yeah. And they, you know, same bassist and drummer. The singer was the only thing that changed, and they, you know, that singer for the Aerosmith deal did great. Yeah. And then once we got to the Guns for Roses, man, that guy. Yeah, the guy that did Axel. Yeah. Watch out, man. Yeah, he had it down, like, not just the voice, not just the the get up, you know, the way he moved and everything. Yeah. And then even beyond that, like, he would talk between songs, and they, they played the part, like, you're watching a show of Guns N' Roses. Yeah. So he would refer to it like us and we, and just the way he talked, he even sounded a little like Axel between yeah. the songs. <laughs> and then his mannerisms in his face almost kind of looked like it at times too. And I'm like, this guy's doing this thing justice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, they were spot on. I mean, they sounded, it was just like seeing, I mean, I imagine it was just like seeing Guns N' Roses because I mean, the sound was insane. Yeah, you know, it was just a little smaller place, and you know, the hair didn't look as real. <laughs> but I mean, it, I mean, it was it was super good. I mean, you can tell these guys have really done their homework and they've practiced their asses off, and that's why they can go down to Columbia and play for thousands and thousands of people. Yeah, you know, yeah, they've been doing this since yeah. two thousand nine, and they've played in Columbia, 
Um, I think some Mexico, somewhere else down yeah. south, and then they played in Canada. They played all over the U.S. Like I saw Chicago, New York, Florida, of course, this area of the country, California. Oh, yeah. So they they basically hit it everywhere yeah. in this area of the world. And I even saw they just played, I think it was Edmonton in um, Canada, like this past weekend on the Halloween show, and they opened for like Bush and Theory of a Dead Man. Oh, wow. That's and so, crazy. I mean, they're out, you know, doing all kinds of things besides just their own shows. But when they go to like Columbia and these places, they're getting booked as the marquee act. Yeah. And like we'll talk about here in a minute with them, you know, the people show up in swarms just like it's Guns N' Roses. Yeah. Yeah, especially, yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, and just think, you know, these are dudes from Dallas that decided to start a tribute band, and now they're taking it worldwide. So, you know, I mean, I got all the respect in the world for that because, you know, they're doing something they love, and they're doing it justice. That's and, right. You know, as Guns N' Roses being my favorite band, you know, I saw two of the shows on the the, the stadium tour they just did, you know, yeah. in Dallas and Houston. And then I just saw these guys a couple months later, and <laughs> they did it justice. Yep. You could barely tell the difference, huh? <laughs> yeah, barely. <laughs> um, well, before we get into this, check us out online, thethunderunderground.com. We're on soundcloud.com backslash thunder-underground. All the previous episodes, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all that great stuff. And speaking of YouTube, Guns N' Roses has a lot of videos up where you can check out what we're talking about. Yeah. And they, you know, they cover everything from, you know, all the major hits and even some other stuff, so... Be sure and look that up. Well, let's just get into this. This is Chris and Eamon from Guns for Roses. I was, I was hoping Eamon tonight with the guitar tech, oh, yeah. Nice, nice. He's actually Ooh. better than all the musicians around here. I'm just like, hey man, you want to make some money holding my guitar? They make the best techs, it's like, like, much better Come on, burn me. your fucking hands. <laughs> fucking cut off a finger. All right, I get a, I get a chance. I've been waiting for this shit for years. <laughs> worked for the guy that worked for Metallica. Right? There we yeah. go. <laughs> all right. All right, brother. That's what we do. We'll be up in a minute. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> So I saw you guys are going to Columbia later this week? Yep, going yeah. to Bogota. Uh, Is that the first time you guys so, played no. there? Uh, okay. We've been to Columbia last year, last February, I think it was. Cool. Uh, it's, like, a, it's a really cool place. Like Bogota is like amazing. It's up in the mountains. So there's like these huge mountains everywhere, but it's like there's city like built up all these mountains. So it's just kind of like yeah. this real picturesque place. There's, there's history. So yeah. it's nice. Whenever we get to play places that have history, yeah. you know, it's, it's always our favorite. And Bogota is always a really nice place to play, especially for Guns N' Roses. Right. Well, yeah, it's a receptive area. Yeah, I mean, uh, anything to do with Guns N' Roses in South America is just... Oh, right. yeah. They love Slatch. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. But you guys plan it out where you get a couple extra days to... We uh, actually get a little, the, we get a little break in there town. for some sightseeing, yes. Yeah. yeah, so we're doing two shows. There's in... Uh, one is in Bogota, and then one is in Barranquilla, which is like a coastal city on the Caribbean. So, um, because of the travel, we have a couple of days off in between. So, that's nice. Are they like outdoor shows? Uh, one's a theater, okay. uh, not too much dissimilar from this, and then the other's a, a outdoor festival. Okay. Yes and no. Yeah. <laughs> yes and no. <laughs> so, do you 
you get treated like rock stars, Absolutely. like your Guns N' Roses? Absolutely. Thing? <laughs> my, our, like I said, our guidance counselors in high school were way off. <laughs> this is by far the greatest gig ever. Yeah. So it's essentially like being a, a Viking or a cowboy for a weekend and you get paid real nice. And But we perform very well, so we always make sure that people get their money's worth. Yeah. And if we weren't worth the salt, we wouldn't be able to eat it. So right. it's, a, it's always a nice time, especially down there, because the food's delicious. Yeah. We have to wait till after the shows because we got to play their shirts off. And right. I want to eat all the tacos and <laughs> I try bloated. Oh man! And they have very nice crepes down there. Give a shout out to crepes and waffles in Bogota. Yes, that's awesome. Yeah, the first time we went, they thought we would want American food, so they took us to like an American restaurant there, and we're like, seafood crepes. What are we, like, what are we doing here? <laughs> no. First, you got. Do you have hamburguesas? We'll eat those. That's awesome. But no, the people were always very receptive, very respectful. We get treated very nice down there. Mm-hmm. And so as long as you're respectful, you make it back safe. <laughs> yeah. Give the people their money's worth, you get back safe. Oh, yeah. Is it like that with all the countries you guys played? Oh, yeah. Everywhere we've been has been amazing. Like, I don't know what they say on TV or whatever about these places and the news. Like, oh, it's so dangerous. But everywhere we've been, it's been like... Yeah. It's no different than here, you know, like, you don't go to the bad part of town in the middle of the night here and just, you know, start walking around. As long as you don't, as long as you don't lock yourself around, you're going to be all right, you know. Just just act like a gentleman, handle your business, you know, because we we play San Pedro Sula's murder capital of the world. Yeah. We play there several times. And, you know, Honduras, big shout out to Honduras. They're they're, they're great. Everywhere. Just, if you act respectful... It's fine. Just like anywhere. Just like you said, don't destroy a gas station bathroom. Yeah, because yeah. you're stoned and drunk. <laughs> yeah. you know, wash your hands and get out. Yeah, exactly. We, yeah, we go to Mexican border towns all the time yeah. and no problems there. Yeah. It's awesome. So where was the first place out of America you played? Or like, what was the point where you realized we can take this yeah, so it was outside like, of America? It was like our fourth or fifth ever show. We played wow. this huge radio station festival in a city in Mexico called Hermosillo. Like for Radio CN. And uh, it was, uh, this. they'd been doing the festivals, they would bring in one tribute band from America each year, and this was about the fifth time they'd done it, and they'd had pretty good success, four or five thousand people or so coming out, and uh, you know, they the radio was just really blowing it up as like a fun event for their listeners, right? Well, we get down there, and uh, they're like, yeah, we've been doing some extra social media and stuff so we're really excited and we start pulling into the venue and it's like Led Zeppelin's song remains the same we have to have like a police escort just to get in the venue they're bumping people with the car (laughs) yeah (laughs) so the the venue was supposed to hold like 13 14,000 people and they had to turn away like at least 2,000 people because they were at capacity we all drew the Cubs that weekend in Mexico City go Rangers (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it was great the people, awesome. I mean, it was a sea of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, the real experience. And yeah. From that point on, it was like, yeah. <laughs> now every other show is like, well, you can't be intimidated by any other show. show yeah. A, it's like there's pyro going off next to you, and there's yep. like this, you know, it looked like an MTV music video. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you can see the videos on YouTube. Uh, we had people just decide they didn't want to stay in the crowd any longer, so. Yeah. 15,000 people rush the stage. Like, no, not 15,000. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. 14,000 people. Sorry about that. Come on, man. It's Ghostbusters. If they ask if you're a god, you say yes, Ray. <laughs> well, what, what, are, uh, what are, like, you guys' favorite songs to play, and, like, what are the hardest ones that are 
that are more of a challenge? I'd say more of the intricate songs, like okay. the songs that are like the orchestrations, the later pieces, yeah. like stuff from the Illusion albums. Mm-hmm. Those are a little more challenging, just like to make sure it's tonally right. You know, if you're drunk, you can play the Appetite album pretty well. So <laughs> just go out there and rip it. But for the songs where the they actually became a band, are the ones where we have to make sure that we focus on yeah. all the nuances for you know. And that's what's so great about our band is we don't use tracks. You know, we are a live band, so every member of our band contributes, you know, 100%. Mm-hmm. And we have an amazing, amazing keyboard player. So, yeah. Yeah. We're not going to say his name because he doesn't deserve any notoriety. But <laughs> he is an amazing, amazing keyboard player. Yeah. So do, I haven't ever seen you guys live. Do you split it up into sections or is it uh, just We've, we've done that before or some, more recently we've been ordering it more like... Uh, we hit you with everything. Okay. It's just one nonstop. There's yeah. no lag time. You know, you think you're going to get a beer, and then all of a sudden you're like, shit, i got to get back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we've done shows where we've broken it up into eras, and then have, like, costume changes that go along with that. And then, like, this tonight's show will be more like a Guns N' Roses concert, so the eras are intermixed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you have whoever's doing the dizzy part on stage, even for the Appetite songs? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with yeah, yeah now. Right, yeah. Okay. So that's why you get the full... All the stuff that we don't want to play on guitar, and he's got going back there. Yeah, so, he's he's a multi instrumentalist, so we're very lucky to have him. Yeah, still no name. <laughs> well, so, how did did you guys form as a band? Like you all knew each other beforehand, or is Chris it something Fenders, you kind of signed uh, people that he you is solely these, responsible uh, parts? for putting no, this debacle yeah, together. So, so what I did is, uh, I got the idea to do the band in like ninety, a long time ago. I forget. Anyway, uh, let's say seven, eight years ago. And I ended up putting an open ad on Craigslist. I knew I had no other potential members, just me. And the ad title was like Duff Seeks Izzy slash uh, Axel and whatever one I forgot. <laughs> Adler, yeah. So uh, anyway, they. Uh, you can't remember either, so. Right. <laughs> So, anyway, I just started bringing in random people, and I'd get enough guys to, you know, play a few songs. You know, all right, those guys were good enough. These guys weren't quite. So then I'd wait until I had enough more responses for the other positions and just kept going that way. And it didn't take very long. We we had kind of a band together within two months. And then uh, right when we found our, our singer... Our slash like disappeared, like just off the face of earth. Like I couldn't get a hold of him; had no idea where he was. And uh, somebody messaged me and said they knew Eamon, and Eamon had previously been Slash in another Guns N' Roses band. And so somehow we, between that conversation, we got hooked up together, and it, that was it. It t- that took about two or th- two more months, I think, before we found Eamon. But so it took about four months total. But uh, we were playing. So rehearse or uh, audition started in like the end of November, and we played our first gig in May the following year. Okay. Do you guys play? Do you do attitude or yeah, yeah, dub stuff? Yep. We make sure that uh, everyone gets there. Get jollies. Yeah. Yeah. And they can't all be Slash fans, unfortunately, no matter yeah. how hard I try. Yeah. So Eamon said before, like, we try and hit you, hit you, hit you. Like, so, you know, a real, a huge band like Guns N' Roses, they can get away with, like, oh, we're going to take a two-minute break here. Why we go, you know, 
take a pee or something. You know, like we can't get away with that. People, we, we don't Would have you that like kind to of stare at us while we look confused. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> A song like Attitude can be used for uh, Axel to go take a break real quick or switch clothing or whatever. So, yeah, yeah we try and take advantage of those type of right. cool things. We've worked all the little magic tricks. We're like, all right, we need a minute so everyone can drink shots. <laughs> Play that one. And go. So we know everything. So at a moment's notice, you know, the fans, it looks like we can always adjust to our audience. Okay. So it's, trust me, if my, my mom's in the crowd, we got to make sure, you know, we get some of the Britney Spears going. Right. But, well, that's, that's the best part about a band like this. Is it crosses so many types of genres of music yeah. from, you know, old school rock to even country and some little bit of, you know, metal and stuff. And Yeah. So it appeals for everybody. Yeah. So, like I said, it's the, it's the best job in town. <laughs> so. Well, well uh, what did you guys think of Chinese Democracy and all that? I thought it was a great Axl Rose album. <laughs> okay, cool. It's a good album. Yeah. Songwriting is good. It's just not a Guns N' Roses album. Yeah, just like the Slash of Snake Pit albums aren't Guns N' Roses albums. Yeah. They're all good in their own right. But, I think uh, there's songs on there that could have been hits, but they just didn't have any industry behind them. Yeah, they needed more guitar players because they burned so many. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> more guitar players definitely. They'd burned so many bridges over time. A thousand didgeridoos. No, nobody's pushing it at radio or anything. So, um, yeah, I like some of the songs. Some of the other ones, it's like. Uh, well, now we can go to the bathroom. <laughs> I think that goat sang more on this album than I did. So. But what do you think about? Have you, I guess did you go to the show here? Oh yeah, we've been. We went to Vegas. Okay. Went to the show here. Went to the show in Houston. Yeah. And we are fans. Yeah. So that's the one thing. I'm like, if you're going to be playing this nonstop, you better like the music. Yeah. yeah. You know, so otherwise you end up smashing your radio, yeah. screaming at people. Like, hey, this is you. Like, yeah, fucking no. <laughs> But what did you think about the Chinese Democracy songs with Slash? I thought it was great that he played his own solos. Yeah. Uh, you could tell that he, I thought, I would have liked him to try a little harder. With some of them, you could tell he was just going through the motions as if, you know, I'm, thank God Pearl is gone and I can get all my money. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, but it was a great job. I mean, I remember when we first started doing it, we were pretty high on ourselves and we went to actually go see Guns N' Roses the first time they came to, I think it was uh, Smirnoff. And a little arrogant, and it was amazing. And that was without the real band, and so that's when we knew we had to step our game up. And mm-hmm. so that's what we've been doing since that time. And so we would have liked to have opened for Guns and Roses as Guns for Roses, but they weren't as uh, receptive to the idea. <laughs> so we're like, just our people sure. didn't call our people. Yeah, right. we called them. They, they just didn't answer. <laughs> it would have been better than Skrillex in Houston, right? Oh, it would have. Uh, that was uh, the worst. Yeah, the worst display of poor tech. I mean, I don't know. Cocaine's a hell of a drug, <laughs> right. something. But I've never seen someone jump off beat of their own techno playing. You know, yeah. it's like let me give you the wrong thing to do. Yeah. Oh, God. yeah, no kidding. It was the, it was really bad. The whole cell phone thing was cool looking, but other than that, you know, it's cool. I mean, I was down there in the, on the pit. And yeah, so are we. It we're, was just fucking. It was like vibrating through me. Well, like, this isn't even fucking music. There weren't enough people down there <laughs> You're destroying yet. Destroying so. Metallica and <laughs> oh, Pantera. See, that's the thing. It's like I appreciate you trying to do the mixes of all the metal bands, but you're doing a terrible job. <laughs> can you please just play Grievous in the Heart so we can all drink beer? <laughs> that's awesome. Well, uh, you know, speaking of some of those other bands, what other bands do you dig besides? Um, what were the other influences? Um, just random. Locally, I like a band called Carbon. Okay. They're really good. <laughs> I think uh, they got great guitar players. And, uh, good, they got a good backing. Universal rehearsal. Vince Barnhill. Um, 
But uh, there's a lot of good bands locally, but I'd have to say Clutch and Mastodon are probably some of my favorite yeah, bands. Yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, I love smart music, you nice. know, and yeah. thing, you know, lyrics that make you think. You know, nice. I'm like, I just wish we could turn our radios off and listen to yeah. real stuff nowadays, but unfortunately, yeah. we can't. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, no, we're going to see Clutch next week. So. Oh, no, man. Yeah. <laughs> Great band. Oh, yeah, definitely. Do you know the lead singer's sister works for uh, Duff Goldman on Ace of Cakes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) That's right. Got to watch the episode with the orange amp cake. Yeah. (laughs) What about you? Uh, I like any, you know, pretty much any rock. I like Beatles to Green Day to, you know, Metallica or whatever. Uh, So, you know, I I haven't much got into... I haven't really much got into (laughs) country or... I like a little bit of hip hop and pop just for fun now and then but yeah. so pretty much the whole he really likes part. Kendrick Lamar he really likes Kendrick is. Lamar <laughs> the answer is he yes, who that yeah. is. <laughs> so yes neither do I it's that's okay. right it's okay. just say just say yes <laughs> but when you started playing how'd you get that tone down uh, for, for Slash it was getting yelled at by the actual musicians in the band. I was like, can I turn the gain all the way up and just be real loud, right? And they're like, no. So I remember the first time I got an actual tube amp. Yeah. Um, a friend of mine, Rick Curcio, told me that I need to quit playing those uh, POSs and give me a real amp. So I got myself some, some real tube amps. Yeah. And thanks to Rick, I am now better than him. <laughs> Great job tonight, buddy. Just busting balls, but I'm better than you. Because of you. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, as a, it's especially with this, you have to have the right tone. Otherwise, you'll just get inundated with terrible, terrible hate mail. Yeah, yeah. we, we, I personally get shitted on so much, but I love it. It's, it's the best, yeah. and that's why I had, I used to play an Epiphone. And I loved my Epiphone. Yeah, and then it was like a thousand Epiphone with a question mark after it oh, on all wow. the videos. I was like. I guess I have to buy six Gibsons now. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm to talk to the accountant. That's all right. My mom lent me some money. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Who needs medicine, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I take it carbon's you? Yeah, car- yeah carbon's you one of our bands. Or is it just... Okay. It's a, yeah. Just me uh, and my friends Chris Holloway. Okay. And uh, we had big bad Glenn Pinion. He took a little leave of absence to tour the world. Respectfully. Yep. He's a bad mamma jamma. We got to... Nick McCord over here also is going to come help us out a little bit. Hopefully, we can con him into it. But uh, buy our album. It's free. <laughs> free 99. Free 99. Where can we do that at? So, um, we have it. It's on, well, I would say MySpace, but that would be 1993. So, it's going to be on Facebook. You can find us on Reverb Nation, I believe, under oh, yeah. Carbon Rocks. Cool. And uh, just download anything you can. I mean, we're a great local band. And so, we want a big shout out to Clint Barlow from Trees. And. The Bomb Factory for giving us a lot of good shows with some pretty kick-ass acts. Cool. cool. Well, one final question. You mentioned Facebook. I know you guys have like close to 3 million yeah. likes. Like, is that yeah. from people outside of the U.S., from all these places you've been? Or it's from everywhere. Happen, yeah. Talent transcends distances, there my friend. Go. There you go. You know? Bam. So once we show up, the likes just go up. We have, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, every night. That's right. Every night. We couple, sell out every few, night. A couple Two or three years ago, it went from like... A hundred thousand to like two million in like two months. You're welcome. And I looked, looked to like, oh my gosh, did I do something wrong or whatever? And what happened is it just took off in uh, Brazil. Uh, like, you know, when 
when you like something and then you go to your you log on and it says oh my buddy likes this Here, and, you like this. and yeah. so so people were just clicking That's yeah right. I like it too Brazil loves and, Gun for Roses but they hate the Simpsons <laughs> so it just went crazy <laughs> they really hate the Simpsons it's true but they love us and uh, their money is very festive it's kind of funny because you know they, they think that they're our page is the real Guns N' Roses page, and so if someone messages us and asks us for tickets to their concert or some sign a poster for them or whatever. And uh, so I had to make like an auto reply that says, This is not really Guns N' Roses. <laughs> we didn't want to get sued. <laughs> Axel shows up. <laughs> so that's the No, it, it's, it's dream come true. Yeah. You know, we get to make people forget about their shitty work week and. You know, all the problems in their life, and they get to be 15 again, and yeah. hopefully get a little drunk and get home safe, <laughs> buy us some drinks, buy us drinks. <laughs> but it's a, it's a good feeling, man. You know, it's like doing charity work, but with music and alcohol. Hell yeah. The best you know. yeah. Call Hallmark, man. <laughs> Can you guys play Locomotive for me tonight? I would probably do. not tonight. Okay. <laughs> we At can't. least you put it well, out there. Dude. We might do a little guitar solo from some locomotives. Maybe my guitar solo will mount it for you. <laughs> All right. So we'll give you a little nod. All right. Cool. We appreciate you yeah, guys. Thanks, time. gentlemen. Yeah, no yeah. It's nice thank to uh, yeah. actually yeah. be classy you. guys yeah. and establish his Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> All right. There you go. That was Chris Bender, who does Duff in Guns for Roses, and Eamon Gallagher, who does Slash in Guns for Roses. And of course, like we mentioned earlier. They also have a band, Walk This Way, where it's an Aerosmith tribute. Yes. Where they play the Brad Whitford and Tom Hamilton roles. Yes. Do an excellent job of that as well. So thank you to them. You know, we reached out to Chris, and he set this up for us. We talked to both of them, you know, backstage at the Gas Monkey before their gig. Great stuff, and, you know, glad that we got to do that. Definitely. So like I mentioned earlier, BeatThunderUnderground.com is the website. BeatThunderUnderground at gmail.com is our email if you've got a band you want us to hear your music, want us to want to buy something, we got t-shirts, koozies, all that great stuff. We're on soundcloud.com backslash thunderdash underground. 93 previous episodes. If you like Guns N' Roses, that era of music we've had on guys from Great White, Warrant, Europe, Bullet Boys, Trickster. Then we get heavy. We've had on guys from Battlecross, Overkill, Insight, Death Angel, Soil, Drowning Pool, The Obsessed, Megadeth, Act of Defiance, Crowbar. Um, the list goes on and on. Yeah, We've got stuff coming soon from some other great bands. And then we're going this, we're actually going tonight to see King in Tulsa. And we might even be at the Tracy Gun Show for a bit as well. Yep. Both these going on tonight. And then Friday night, Scattered Hamlet is playing in Tulsa with Cosmic Wool, which features members of Texas Hippie Coalition and Annie Mortem. Yeah. And then there's also Machine in the Mountains on that bill, yes. which is a great um, instrumental metal band out of Tulsa. That's right. And they've been on this podcast as well. Like go check them out. Ten episodes ago or so, so go check that out. Yeah. And Scattered Hamlet, speaking of them, they've been on here a couple of times, and you might even hear them again soon. You never know. All right, well. Yeah, and, and, yeah. Um, our reaction videos we just put out. Oh yeah, yeah. Three Talk about that. Three Metallica songs. Yes, have now been released. Atlas Rise is the newest one. It came out earlier this week on Halloween. We got a reaction video up on YouTube. Yep. Our YouTube channel is The Thunder Underground. Get on there, subscribe. We've got that, and then reactions to the other two Metallica singles. 
And we did a we did a reaction to the new Avenged Sevenfold album. Yeah, the stage came out last Friday as a surprise. Yeah, we you went know, over they, that real quick. Yeah, which is pretty big for a band at that level to be able to keep something hidden like that. Yeah, for no one and just oh hey, here's our new album it just came out today. Yeah, I mean that's that's great. Yeah, I mean I can't think of I mean I know Trent Reznor did that years ago, but most people can't really pull that off these days. So. Yeah, and you know we got a reaction for it. We both checked it out and it's. If you liked Avenged Sevenfold, you know, early on, but kind of lost interest at some point, I'd say give this a listen and it might bring you back in. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, and then it is a lot to listen to. Yeah. Maybe break it up into a couple different parts. <laughs> yeah. It's a concept album yeah. and it's, it's heavy on the, on the, what do you want to call it? Concept? I don't know. Yeah. Heavy on the long broadness. Songs. You know, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's a near 16 minute long song on there. But that one's good. It's yeah. awesome. And you, But you got to hear it. Yeah. And speaking of long ass songs, Metallica's album comes out in about two and a half weeks. Yes. And we'll have a reaction video up for that. Oh, fuck yes. And speaking of long songs, I'm going to see Dream Theater in a week and a half. I don't know if you're going or not. I am not going. Yeah. You have fun. <laughs> yeah. I know that that's not really your thing. It's kind of like yeah. good to listen to every once in a while, but I know. Yeah. See, <laughs> dude, it's like, I don't know, man. It's like, I, I really understand their talent and respect. I think Mike Mangini is one fucking hell of a drummer, probably the best drummer in the world, you know, and, and I really respect him, but I just, you get into these long songs, man, I just start checking out, you know, I'm just, I don't know, I guess I'm just too dumbed down or something, I just, I don't know, I start getting, getting antsy. Yeah. Well, I'll talk about that then after it happens. Gotcha, gotcha. Sorry, I went off on the thing there. No, hey, that's what we're here for. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I hope to see it King and hope to see it Scattered Hamlet and whatever else we got coming up. That's right. Like I said, soundcloud.com backslash thunderdash underground, gunsforroses.com. They've got all their dates up there, their previous dates, videos, photos, all that great stuff. Yeah. Thanks again to Chris and Eamon. And until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all. Thunder Underground, y'all.